So here's the big question. You're interested in value investing and valuing and evaluating businesses on a deep level, but you don't know how even after researching for hours, probably dozens of hours, hundreds of hours on the internet and because nobody else shows you how to do it. This podcast has all those answers and much more about value investing and finance. My name is Jason Rivera. Welcome to Value Investing in Your Car. Before I get to that, though, I need to let you know you can get this series podcast anywhere in the world for free on all major podcasting platforms, Stitcher, Anchor, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, and more. You can get this as part of the Value Investing in Your Car series anywhere in the world for free. Plus, please remember to subscribe and hit the notification bell if you're watching on YouTube so you're notified every time we release a new video and release new videos all the time. Okay. So, okay. Today, we're going to cover T-Mobile. Over the last couple of videos, I've shown you or given you my thoughts on Cody, ExxonMobil, and AT&T. And apparently, <laughs> I need to preface these videos. Uh, because we got some nasty comments on on uh, the YouTube videos for some of the other ones. I don't, just because I see an investment and I don't recommend you invest in it, or don't, or that I'm not investing in it, doesn't mean that I hope the investment goes bad. I don't short stocks. I hope my analysis of these stocks that I talk about negatively doesn't happen. And I hope the stocks that I talk positively do go up um these stocks that i'm telling you about in these videos i don't personally own any stock in i'll let you know if i own stock in any company i don't own it stock in any of the companies i've talked about or that i plan to talk about anytime in the near term future and i don't short sell ever so i don't hope bad things happen to these companies that i make these analysis videos of i'm making them to show people with our systems and um, templates that you can value or that you can evaluate stocks fast and well in a short amount of time. And also if people or give people something to think about if they do own these stocks, especially the ones that I talk negative about, um, maybe give them some pointers. Hey, this is something you need to watch out for. It's not a, hey, I don't like this company type of thing and I'm shorting it. I, I don't do that. Um, so that having said that let's get to today's analysis today we're going to talk about t-mobile it's a 142 billion dollar company rounded up as of this recording and nothing major of note here um, um because the last couple times we talked about exxon mobile and at&t they had massive dividends that they were likely going to have to cut T-Mobile doesn't pay a dividend, so that's nothing to worry about. I'll talk more about this when we get to the valuation section and why, while this is not super important, it's still something to watch. Um, also, I forgot to preface this. Yes, these are quick analysis, but I go super in-depth on these. Um, I think about investments more than just what I'm showing, but these are the most important things that I'm talking about or that kind of catch my eye on initial look. Um, yes. If I was, if I find a company that looks great, I will read the financial statements, all that good stuff. But this, essentially, what we're doing here in these videos is my visual, visual preliminary analysis work uh, look that models my preliminary analysis worksheet that you can get below for free. Um, 
this and these things that allow me to disregard a stock or to eliminate a stock. Now, obviously, it's taking longer because I'm explaining things to you and what they mean and what, what I'm seeing. Um, but these, this models that process. So first thing catches my eye here, revenue up huge, uh, more than 10x in the last 10 years. Gross margins up as well. Typically, you want to see, as you see revenue go up, you want to see your margins stay about the same or go up. Um, if they fall, it's not a great sign, which you see here. So margins fell pretty significantly in the last 10 years. Why is it important for when revenue rises for margins to also rise or to at worst stay the same? Why is that important? That's important because if revenue goes up, but margins fall, that means they're having issues with rising expenses. Expenses are rising faster than um, or cut costs or what, whatever terminology you want to use. So in this case, gross margins are up. Operating margins are down pretty significantly. Um, net income, that's just an overall net income number. It's not the margin, which we'll look at. Shares it's issued a ton of shares. to continue growing operations. Again, I talked about that, I think, specifically in the Cody video, which the Cody video, the Exxon video, and the AT&T video will be linked below this. So if you want to learn from those, um, I think I talked specifically about shares, issuing shares in the Cody video, if memory serves me correctly, and why that's usually not a good thing. Book value per share rising significantly over time, that's usually a good thing. We'll see if that's really a good thing when we get to the intangibles on the balance sheet. Uh, free cash flow, hugely negative. Um, not a great thing. Could be why they're having to issue shares. Again, we'll get to that more as we kind of go through this. ROIC below average. I look for anything above 10% on a consistent basis. It's been below that other than one year, the entire decade. Not a great sign. Um, and getting back to operating margin, their gross margins rose because the cost of goods sold fell over this time, but their operating margin fell because their selling general administrative cost rose, more than doubled actually. That's why their operating margin fell. And also a smaller portion um, really did this other, but again, you, I'd have to go to the balance sheet to figure out what that is. Biggest thing here, this more than doubled, selling general administrative. Not a good sign, especially when it's dropping operating margin. Again, was it 30, 35%, something like that off the top of my head. Uh, more than that actually, probably 40-ish 40, 40 percent around there. Free cash flow to sales again negative. I want this to be above 5% on a consistent basis. It's been below that number every year except for one. And it's actually negative for the last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven years plus. It's been negative. Again, not good. Cash is a percentage of balance sheet under 
compared to ton of debt. 36%. Again, typically we'd like to see these reversed in a quote unquote healthy company or at least the company I'm looking for that has a healthy balance sheet. I want these to be reversed. I want, let's say 36% cash up here and five or 6% debt down here. But the big thing that catches my eye here is this. So I talked about up here, their book value rising significantly over time. Most of that rise has been due to, it looks like, increase in intangibles. I talked about why this is not a good thing in both the Cody and I think the Exxon video as well. Um, I'll, so if you want to watch those and learn more about that, why that's important, um, check those out and I'll do kind of a brief recap here of why that's probably not a good thing. Um, anything else really catching my eye here? Cash conversion cycle, still negative the whole time. I'll talk more about that in another video, why that's important. Valuation. Ew. Um, so I don't really use price uh, PE. I think it's mostly useless, but still when I do just at a quick glance, I look for anything above uh, below 20 to kind of see a, if something's undervalued. And I look for below 20 on price to cash flow and price to forward earnings as well. Just kind of as a general rule, again, I, I use enterprise value to EBIT is what I use as one of my relative valuations. Um, and I look for anything below eight on this. So even on this, AT&T is massively overvalued. So it's not a great operating business. It's massively overvalued. What other issues are there? Debt to equity is okay. Um, again, I look more in depth down here and on the balance sheet, but as a kind of general rule of thumb, I look for anything below one uh, to kind of illustrate that it has a margin of safety, but you still need to look at the actual numbers because this doesn't always show up properly, which you see here. So it has 94, $95 billion in debt rounded up versus a market cap of $141 billion. Way too much debt for the size of the company, especially when you care, uh, consider the cash. And to illustrate that, let's go to the quarterly because we'll need to look at the intangibles anyways. Scroll over, some cash. Huge chunk of their um, balance sheet value is in property, plant, and equipment. Of course, you think T-Mobile, they are owning a lot of cell phone towers, that kind of stuff, which requires owning land. So that makes a lot of sense. Here's where things get a little bit iffy. And um, now that memory, I'm looking at this, I think we talked about the intangibles in the AT&T one. So if you want that, make sure to go to the AT&T one. Okay, so there's an enormous amount to cover in here. Um, Goodwill. Again, I talked about this, I'm pretty sure, in the AT&T video. Most of this is useless to me because it's just the excess value that a company paid to acquire another company uh, based on its book value. So if company 
A had a book value of $1 billion and T-Mobile bought it for $3 billion, there would be a $2 billion book value or goodwill charge or asset, quote unquote, on T-Mobile's balance sheet. Most of the time, this is just an accounting term that has no real world value. So I would write almost 100, pretty much 100% of this value off doing the valuation, which I might talk about here in a little bit. License rights, these are valuable because they essentially keep competitors out, give them most of the time exclusive rights to use certain things, all that kind of stuff. So that's important. Here, we're having some major issues. So impairments. Impairments. When somebody, uh, when a company has to write down or impair an asset, that's an impairment of goodwill. What is this? So total accumulated. Okay, so this is an impairment of goodwill. So what happened here is this used to be about $11 billion higher. And they had to impair it because whatever they bought either decreased in value, wasn't producing as much revenue and profits as it expected due to market conditions surrounding the coronavirus, stuff like that. But when a company has to impair an asset, it wipes the value off the balance sheet. So this subtracted $11 billion from not only here, from this value, but because this the book, uh, the balance sheet at, for value investors like myself is a very basic proxy of the underlying intrinsic value of the company, that wrote down or that write down chopped about $11 billion off the value of the stock down here when we get talk about book value. That's why when you get to intangibles and goodwill, you need to be extremely careful, especially with impairments. This is why I write off almost 100% of the value here because most of the time this is useless. And I'd even discount these um, other intangibles as well pretty significantly based on the valuation down here, which again, I might talk about. So to kind of wrap that section up though, that's why it's intangibles or that's why it's book value. This is one reason it's book values increased so much over time. And I will illustrate that with, sorry, I'm having some mouse issues here. Going to the annual numbers. because their intangibles have increased significantly. So this was before the write down, this was about $50 billion. Now, now it's $38 billion. And in 2015, this was $26 billion. So they've been acquiring companies and assets, it looks like, and adding that to the book value of their company, of their stock. This is why you need to be careful with book value because it's, I wouldn't say it's easy to manipulate, but it's easy to add intangible assets and goodwill to it that aren't, in most cases, again, I already said the intangible assets here have a lot of value because of their uh, licenses and rights. But in most cases, goodwill almost never is valuable. And intangibles vary widely. And most of the time I write off that value as well because of this reason right here, or because of all the reasons I just talked about combined. Okay, let's go back to the quarterly, see if I see anything else. 
significant debt again that's about 84 plus 10 so 94 billion dollars in debt and then we get down here to the book value or equity shareholders equity so um let's go back to the annual So it's book, this is, again, this is book value. So this is why book value per share has gone up over time is because mainly because of the, um, the increase in intangibles and goodwill or the increase in intangibles over time, even after they wrote down goodwill. Okay, so let's get the final number here because I'm going to show you something that is extremely important. So they have total equity right now of about $63 billion. Total or shareholders equity is total assets minus total liabilities. So this is again a very basic proxy of the underlying value of the company. Um, you don't see companies falling underneath that book value very much anymore, unless they're just a terrible business. There's some kind of major recession, depression going on, and the stock market actually fell. Um, not the coronavirus stuff we're dealing with today, uh, but I told you I would write off. All of goodwill. Um, where's the number? Oh, this is number. Okay. So all of goodwill. So that was about $21 billion from this. And I would half the value of the intangible assets. So, so let's just say 21. That is 78. So let's just do a round number. Let's, let's say about $35 million billion in kind of real world value here on a, to be conservative if you subtract the shareholders equity or this from the shareholders equity you get a positive value of about what was it 39 billion dollars but when you subtract that you get a number near zero when you subtract the in, intangibles the 35 million that i talked about it would be the kind of final value you get a number of about 35 million or 35 billion sorry that is not good when book value drops that much um, because again it's a very basic proxy of un the underlying value of a company especially when you consider that the entire market cap is 142 billion dollars but just the kind of net balance sheet value is somewhere around 25 to 35 billion dollars worth in a real world sense after adjusting for intangible assets. Does that mean that in this case the market is valuing its operations at a spectacular level? Yes, it does. Are they running well? I would say. I would say they're average to above average in terms of their operations and their um, the value they increase or the the value they produce when all things are considered on this one metric they meet my threshold on most of the other metrics they don't even come close to meeting it um free cash flow sales roic their net income is negative every year for the last decade again i don't care about net income because it's so easy to manipulate but still that's not a great thing all these things it's not great profitability combined with its increasing debt 
is why it's had to issue more debt over the last decade and also why it's sold more a ton of shares in the last decade to continue growing and to continue operating because its operations aren't producing enough free cash flow and operating profits to sustain the business and grow the business by itself. So it's having to issue a ton of shares and issue a ton of debt to do that or to continue doing those things. Not healthy way to grow the business, especially when you consider that its profits, yes, they're going up on an individual or kind of an absolute basis, but the margins are going down. That means essentially that they're having to run faster while doing while seeing less results than they did a decade ago. They're having to run faster to earn less as a percentage of total revenue. Again, not a great thing. T-Mobile, are they in horrific shape? No, I'm gonna show you some companies that are Sorry, my daughter's barged in the room where I'm making this video. So that those are the main things I see on T-Mobile to kind of start. Is it a horrifically run company? No. Is it going to implode anytime soon? I don't think so. But does its high debt levels combined with its massive issuances of shares and higher levels of debt, intangible assets um, growing rapidly? Are those good things? Of course not. And it increases the risk of owning the stock. Um, combine that with it still being overvalued by a pretty significant margin. Again, I look for anything under eight here to be considered undervalued. And it's at 46.6. Uh, and T-Mobile stock is incredibly risky right now. A lot of this debt... And a lot of these uh, intangibles, I know were acquired through the recent merger with Sprint. Um, Sprint was not known as a great, well-run company. So maybe T-Mobile can shut up a lot of these issues. We'll see. But I don't bank on that when I look at an investment. I bank on what the numbers say now. Uh, and the numbers say now, or show me now, that this is an incredibly risky investment um, for the reasons mentioned. So hope you enjoyed this. If you have any thoughts, let me know in the comments below. If I missed something, let me know, uh, know in the comments below. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like, love, share, subscribe, comment, hit the notification bell so you're notified every time you release a new video. I'm releasing new videos all the time. If you're listening on a podcast, like, love, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. And download and would really appreciate a review because the more reviews, views, and listens we get to our content, the more people we can help with this kind of stuff. If you're looking to evaluate stocks faster, better, more efficiently, you can get our five free gifts below, which include the valuation and analysis template I talked about earlier. And that's one of our free gifts you get. You can sign up and get my free um, book, How to Value Invest for free PDF copy or seven tips to picking great stocks. You can get that guide as well for free. And if you're looking for more information on how to, and maybe more direction on how to value and evaluate stocks faster and better, uh, check out our master the information on our masterclass below this video as well. Until next time, have a great day. Talk soon.